Can anybody guess what it is? <laughs> it's the Bible. It's the Bible. The Bible is one of God's greatest gifts to every man, woman, and child in the world. Yet many, many, many people leave this gift from God unopened in their house year after year after year after year. Sure, a lot of us will open it up, you know, maybe on Sunday we'll bring it, you know, we have a nice big cover, you know, and and, uh, maybe when we go to Sunday school we might open it up. But a lot of times, you know, especially Monday through Friday or Saturday, not so much. And what I mean by unopened gift of the Bible, of course, is that we, we don't read it very often. You know, maybe we read bits and pieces here and there, like I said, in church or Sunday school or something. Maybe, maybe we will hear it when we go to a funeral during the year. You might hear some priest or a pastor talk about it. Or if you go to a wedding, you know, often they'll quote 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. And we say, yeah, 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 get to the I do part. But we might hear the Bible, you know, on occasion. You know, but... The recent statistics, they do these polls, I guess they call people and ask them these questions, state that more than 90% of Americans own a Bible, at least one. They have a Bible in their house, but less than 20% of Americans have read the entire Bible. And we call ourselves a Christian nation. And you've got to ask yourself, well, who, who buys a book and then never reads it? Yeah? Well, I've got a bunch right here on the front row that I haven't read yet. I'm giving those away. We'll talk about that later. But, you know, no, it seems silly to buy a book and then never read it. It's like leaving a present unopened under the Christmas tree. You, you just don't do that. Yeah. And yet we do. So today, on the last day of 2017, the day before the new year begins, I thought I'd take the opportunity to kind of give us a New Year's challenge and kind of lay a challenge out there. Debbie and I have been watching a show on Netflix called The Ultimate Beastmaster. Have you ever seen this? If you get Netflix, you should watch it. It's really cheesy and horrible. But it's the Beastmaster. So here's my Beastmaster challenge to us all this year. And the challenge is this. Read this with me. Here we go. Ready? Go. Read the Bible every day. Now, wait. So you aren't reading this. This is for everybody. Okay, here we go. Ready? Start again. Ready? Go. Read the Bible every day of 2018. All right, yeah, ultimate beastmaster. What do you think? Yeah, nobody's jumping up and shouting now. You know, you think, well, the preacher, the preacher's crazy. Can't you know? There's Saturdays and there's vacation. You know, this is this is just you know, it's a little over the top, a little legalistic. You know, sure, you're a pastor, maybe you know, you wear the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for normal people like us, maybe not so much. Well, let me let me modify it a little bit. Maybe tone it down break it down a little bit for you. You know, if I were to alter this New Year's challenge a little bit, here's kind of the sub-challenge to this challenge, and it's this. For five minutes every day in 2018, talk with someone who really loves you. How many of you think you could do that? Yeah, most of us could do that. Most of us already do that, yeah? You know, we say, sure, man, that's easy, you know, anybody can do that as long as it's not, you know, talk for three hours every day of 2018 with someone who loves you, you know, that'd be a little harder or, or, you know, for five minutes every day in 2018, talk to a total stranger who maybe says they love you, but you can't understand them anyway, because they speak a different language. You know, that, that'd be a little harder if that was the challenge, you know, or if the, if the challenge was for five minutes every day in 2018, uh, talk with your mother-in-law, you know, I'm just saying, I don't know, you know, for most of you, you probably love your mother-in-law a lot, you know, but moms say they love you. Who knows? You know, I know my mom does. But, 
<laughs> you know, those would be a little tougher to do, right? But uh, similarly, if our, you know, New Year's challenge was to read the Bible for three hours every day of 2018, that'd be something different. That'd be a lot harder. That'd be really just about impossible. Or if our challenge was to read the Bible every day in the original Hebrew or Greek language. Some of you could probably do that, right? But not me. And even if I could, it'd be really dry and kind of boring, right? Or if our challenge was to read the Bible every day of 2018 with, a, with a, our worst enemy. Yeah, even though that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd, be really, that'd be really hard. But that's not the challenge, right? To just merely talk to someone who really loves you five minutes every day in 2018. That's easy. Even, even us guys could do that. Yeah, because I can see some of you men are, are saying, you're thinking to yourself, you mean five minutes all in one sitting? That's what you're thinking. Yeah, you could do it. Maybe if it was with somebody who really, really loved you, you could, you could pull it off. You know, I think you could do it. And friends, if we, if we will admit that we could talk to someone who really loves us for five minutes every day of 2018, is there really any legitimate reason that every single one of us couldn't spend five minutes every single day of 2018 reading God's Word. And in case you're thinking, well, Kent, you know, reading God's Word, reading a book is way different than talking with someone who loves you, you know, let me just take a moment to remind you how much God loves you. Yeah? God's up in heaven, perfect paradise, He sees us scratching around on earth, wallowing in our sin, lost as a doorknob, hell-bound. God says, man, I can't just leave them like that. Son, son, come here. Yeah, yeah, God, Jesus walks over. See those people down there? You know, they don't even know me. They don't even know my name. They don't like me very much. But man, I love those guys. Son, would you go down there from this paradise? Would you go be born in a manger? in a cave with no fanfare? And would you grow up being the son of a carpenter and hammering your thumb every once in a while? And would you grow up and and when you turn about 30, begin your public ministry and tell people how much you love us? And then about three years later, after you tell them that for three years again and again and again, showing them miracles and awesome stuff to prove that you are who you tell them they are, you are the son of God, would you then give your life for them, would you then allow yourself to be tortured even though you're innocent of the crimes of blasphemy that they say you are because you say you're God's son? And then would you allow yourself to be nailed to a cross and die for their sins? Would you do that, son? Because that's how much I love them. That's the God that wants to talk to you five minutes a day every day in 2018. It's not some God sitting up there going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, I saw that. Yeah, I know what you look at on the internet. Yeah, mm mm-hmm, there, you did that again. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, you hit the snooze button for the fifth time this morning. I see that. I don't love, you know. uh." No, it's the God that asked his son to go die for us. And by the way, in case you don't know the story, three days later, Jesus rose from the grave (laughs) and he lives today in heaven with God saying, God, that was such an awesome plan. It was worth it because I love those guys too. That's the God that wants to spend time with us every day. And he wrote this book for us. He inspired this book for us. And you say, well, Ken, it's just a, a book, you know, and it's big and it's, you know, it's not like 
talking to somebody who loves me for five minutes. You know, you've probably heard this before, but let me just remind you of this again. The Bible is God's love letter to you and to you and to you and to you and to me. It's a love letter. God loves you and he wants to remind you every day how much he loves you. So he wrote this long love letter, yeah, to remind every one of us how much he loves us so we can sit down and every single day be reminded of God's love for us and his incredible passion and heart for us. And you know, if that's true, and you know, I can tell some people are, you know, because of 2017, that's, this is why I prayed what I did earlier. Because of 2017, the pastor starts, you know, challenged, read the Bible every day in 2018. Oh, thanks a lot. Because of that, we start feeling this, oh, I didn't read the Bible in two, you know. And, you know, the enemy loves to do that. He says, oh, you call yourself a Christian, you know. You know, me, me, me. Because of that, we start feeling guilty and worried all about it. And what we're talking about is God's love letter to us. It's not some chore, some discipline. And if we really believe that, we got to, you know, kind of begs the question, why don't more of us read the Bible every day? Why don't we spend more time in it? Why don't we bust open that love letter of God every single day and, and glean from his love? Why don't we do that? And I'll tell you why. Because I'm like you. Because <laughs> I'm human. I'll tell you why. It's because we have several reasons that it's matter of fact why and the reasons are called excuses and we're really good at them <laughs> at least i am when it comes to reading the bible every day reading god's love letter to us every day we've got lots of excuses why we don't do so in fact i, I just want us this morning just for fun you know since you're all digging this message and read the bible every day we're going to look this morning at excuses for not reading the bible every day in 2018 okay and we're going to kind of go through these excuses and you might want to take notes so in case you know somebody comes back to you and says hey you've been reading your bible you can whip one of these out and give it to them right and that's that's not why we're doing but you might so here's excuse number one it's just too long yeah the Bible, have you seen the book? It's like an encyclopedia, you know? And for many, for many people, the Bible is the longest book they've got in their entire house. Yeah? And they don't read it because they're, they're picking it up. It's like lifting weights. You're intimidated by it. It's such a long book, you know? How could anyone hope to get through this thing? Kent, have you read the Bible? It's got these weird long things in it. And Well, folks, for starters, you know, very few books are meant to be read through all the way in one sitting, right? You, you buy the New York Times bestseller, even the author, you know, he wouldn't, yeah, take that home, read it in one sitting. Well, that'll take me about 65 hours, but okay, I'll get through, you know. No, you do it a little bit at a time, right? To read the entire Bible, you need to read a little bit each day, a little bit each day, a little bit each day, and thus our challenge, which is what? Say it with me, Let's just in case we forgot. Say it with me. Ready? Go. Read the Bible every day of 2018. Good, just in case you're forgetting. Okay. Now, furthermore, the Bible is long, yeah, but it's the most important book in the world. Talking about the most important things in the world. Love, peace, joy, wisdom, purpose, relationships, sex, marriage, just to name a few. And there's way more. So one would think that it'd take a little bit longer to read a book like that than, than some little pamphlet, Right? If you wanted to, to read about how to change the batteries in a flashlight, <laughs> it might be, you know, a pretty short book, maybe one-page book. 
done, right? But if you had to read a, a, a book about how to change the battery in your, in your pacemaker, <laughs> it might be a little longer, right? It might be, okay, insert scalpel, cut open, pull out pacemaker, open, you know. You know, it'd take a little longer. You would hope that the doctor that would do that for you wouldn't just read, okay, change pacemaker battery for dummies, flip, flip, flip. Okay, done, let's do this. You know, you'd hope that he'd studied it a little bit longer, right? And what about, what about if you needed to read a book about how to change the sinful nature of a human? You think the manual for that might be a little bit longer than, you know, your average comic book? <laughs> it might be. Yeah, and what if the author of that book of how to change the sinful nature also happened to be the creator of the universe and, and had a personal message for you? in that book. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you want that book to be a little bit longer than just a leaflet? You know, a couple pages. Oh, look, there's my name. Kent, cool. Okay. You'd want a little bit more than that. And that's what the Bible it is. It's God's love letter to each one of us. You ever, anybody ever got a love letter before? You might have to think back. A love letter? Come on, think. Yeah, think back. I remember 1935, I got one for my mom. Yeah, you know, some of us, we have to think back pretty far. And I love it. I get love letters from my wife often. And she's an early bird. Often she knows she's going to work. And when I wake up, she's already gone, man. She's already worked out, showered, hour in the bathroom. I don't know what women do in there. But then she's gone, right? And I'll walk into the kitchen and, you know, oh, Debbie's already gone. But there on the counter is a little love note. Love. Sometimes she puts little pictures on it. You know, it's just a short little thing, man. But when I wake up and I walk down the hall and I realize she's not there, no lie, man. I'm walking down the hall thinking, I wonder if there's a note. And I see the little note on the counter. And it might say just something goofy. Have a great Monday. Oh, is that it? <laughs> Monday. Bah, that took no thought at all. No, man, I love that thing. <laughs> Save it, yeah? We love little love notes because it's personal. It's to me. And as great as those are, I love it even more when like birthdays or anniversaries or Christmas comes up and you get the card, you know, the card and it smells nice and it says Kent on the front and beautiful script and you open it up and there's this long love letter in there, yeah, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's really long, it'll take a couple pages and, and you know, I'll get that and I'll say, wow, sweetie, thank you so much for this, this is kind of long, I'm just going to uh, fold this up and save it for later because it's kind of long, and I'm going to put it over here. And maybe I'll, when I get some time, I'll, I'll get to it later. Yeah, have you guys ever done that? You've done that, you know, when you get those long love letters. No? Of course not! <laughs> Nobody does that, right? You dive into it. Man, bring on the, the lengthy treaties about your love for me. You can write a whole book about your love for me, sweetheart. That'd be great. I'd read it in one sitting, yeah? Because it's about someone that you love, their love for you. And that's what the Bible is. It's God's love letter to us. And you say, Kent, have, seriously, have you read the Bible? There's some parts in there that are not parts about God's love for me. And that's true, I'll grant you that. But so much of it is so endearing. And it's so inspiring. King David knew this as he wrote the longest chapter in the entire Bible. Anybody know what that is? Psalm 119. See, we know the Bible. Good Bible scholars. In Psalm 119, David confessed what we should also believe that the, the word of God's word is, is delight. He loves it. Check it out. On the 24th verse, uh, David says, your instructions, speaking to God, are my what? What does he say? My delight 
You know, that's what the Bible is. It's my delight. And then again, in verse 47, he says the same thing. I find my delight in your commandments because I love them. (laughs) Your commandments, God. And again, same chapter, verse 70, he says again, I delight in your instructions. And sometimes I don't think we think that way. It's like, oh man, I don't want to read that. It tells me I'm doing it wrong. That's not delight. But that's how it should be. If we truly believe God is who he says he is and that he loves us like the Bible says he does, we should delight in that. And we shouldn't let the length of the Bible intimidate us. We should delight in its magnitude. It's like the old joke goes, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? That's how you do the Bible, one bite at a time. Keep reading a little bit each day and before you knew it, before you know it, you'll read through the whole thing and you'll want to start over again because it was so delicious. Bring on another elephant for me to eat again. Yeah, God's Word is a delight. We should savor it. Amen? And yet, and yet, excuses for the Bible abound. There's many of them. Another common excuse is this. You know, Kent, I like it and everything is just so confusing. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I kind of gave up on reading the Bible because, you know, I started reading and I hit this passage in Genesis talking about giants and Nephilim, and, you know, right off the bat. I didn't even understand it, you know. But the difference between the Bible and other books that are even more confusing, anybody have a college calculus book in your book? Yeah, shelves, a couple of you do maybe. The IRS code, has anybody bought the IRS code? I used to own them. I bought them every year. No joke, they're about this thick. And this print is about that tall. And uh, try reading that someday if you want something confusing, you know. But the difference between books like that and the Bible is the Bible wants to be understood. God wants you to understand His Word, His Bible. But you know who doesn't want you to? Satan, our enemy. The devil. Satan would love for you to leave God's letter unopened, his love letter unopened, because you get to some difficult parts. He whispers to you, you don't get this. You're too dumb to understand. Just put it, just give up. But because God wants you to understand his word to you, it's it's only a matter of time before he'll reveal his, his answers to your questions in the Bible about If you stop asking God, of course, he's not going to answer. He's not going to force his answers on you. Real love, you know, love isn't love if you force it on somebody. God's not going to force his love on you. Read this love letter if it kills you. You know, he's not like that. And although it's true that some parts of the Bible are confusing, straight up, you know, I'll be honest with you. There's parts that I don't get. You know, I've studied them a long time. I get big picture items, but some parts I'm like, God, why did you put that in there? But there, you know, is all the Bible like that? Nah, check it out. Psalm 86, 15, it says, But you, Lord, are a compassionate God, merciful and patient, with unending gracious love and faithfulness. If you're questioning God's love, what does this say? It's unending gracious love. Is that so confusing? to understand you know it may be amazing it may be awesome it may be inspiring but confusing no that's an awesome word from god in his love letter to us first john 3 11 says this this is the message that you've heard from the beginning jesus says we should love one another now i'll, I'll grant you sometimes that is difficult to do 
<laughs> Especially, you know, that neighbor whose dog comes over in your yard and does his thing. Yeah, you know, but confusing, you know, it, 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 you know, only politicians would see this as confusing. Well, it depends on your definition of, of you know, love, you know. Nah, that's easy to understand. Exodus 20.15 says this, Do not steal. You know, the Bible's too confusing. I don't understand what that means. I'll just put it... No, you know, we understand it. Now I'll grant you again, there are parts in the Bible that are difficult to fully comprehend at first. You know, and there's... uh, The vast majority of the Bible is comprehensible and is, is inspired. When you come to the parts that you don't understand, you know, it doesn't mean you should just give up on the whole thing, right? There's times when I don't understand my wife. <laughs> I, I don't walk out on her. I don't give up on her, right? There's times when I don't understand why Dak Prescott gets sacked like every other play. What is up with that? Run! Can't you see the guy? You know, but I don't give up on my team. You know, the Dallas Cowboys, best team in the nation, right? Amen? guys aren't listening evidently okay but you know we don't give up on something if <laughs> something's kind of confusing at times first corinthians 14 tells us this it says god is not the author of confusion so don't let the parts of the bible that are confusing keep and keep you away from it and when you get to the confusing parts maybe just stick with it a little bit longer maybe maybe ask god you get to that part and you go god i'm confused would you give me some insight on this because his word even promises that in james 1 it says if you do not have wisdom if i don't get this part ask god for it he's always ready to give it to you and will never say that you are wrong for asking isn't that cool god's not up there going you're such an imbecile why don't you get this? It's so simple. It's right there. If you only knew Greek like you should. You know, he's not like that. God is excited when we're confused about his word. Honestly, it's like when a little kid comes in to his dad and says, Dad, my book says two plus two is four. I don't get that. What, what does that mean, two and two? <gasps> Stupid kid. You know, what father would do that? No dad would ever do that. He'd say, well, it's practice. Okay, here's two. Here's two, right? Okay, how many is this? That's four. Okay, let's take the two what does it happen? How many did you have? Four. Oh my gosh, I understand. Oh, you're a good kid. Now get out of here. I got stuff to do. You know, but God is, he loves us. He loves that stuff. Ask God. Worst case scenario, call your pastor. <laughs> if you're really desperate and he can look it up on Google and help you out. Okay. But God wants you to understand his word. He does. Would, you know, why would anyone write a love letter to someone and they didn't want him to understand it? That wouldn't be a love letter at all. And that's, our, that's why we're having this challenge again, this New Year's challenge, which is what? Let's read it. Remember, here we go. One, two, three, go. Read the Bible every day, 2018, just so we remember. Okay, don't use confusion about the Bible as an excuse. Okay, here's another common excuse that we use a lot of times. Number three, it's not relevant. Can't, I like the Bible if I'm in Sunday school. It's great. But out in the real world... <laughs> You know, not so much. And it might, it might surprise you that I agree with this excuse to a certain extent, okay? For example, if you're trying to find God's direction for a, a potential career change, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that you, you go to the book of Song of Solomon, <laughs> for example, you know. But if, but if you're having struggles in romance in your marriage, that's a great book. That's a good place to look. 
Yeah, it'd be very relevant to what you're going through. And because the Bible is God's love letter to you, it'll uniquely speak into your life just as you need it. You know, it's words, although they're written thousands of years ago, they'll speak directly into your life in the exact way you need it. And the message is unique for each one of us. Every one of us. And you're saying, Kim, come on, that's pastor talk. That's, it's impossible. If we're all reading the same exact words, how can it be unique to each one of us? And the answer is, it's because it's the Bible, man. <laughs> the Bible is different than every other book out there. It's different. It's not just a book. Hebrews 4.12 reminds us of that. It says, the Word of God is what? What's that next word? Alive. (laughs) It's alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and our desires. God's Word is alive because God's Spirit inspired its words. And He continues to speak to us through those words. And since each one of us has a different soul, different spirit, different thoughts, different desires, God supernaturally uses the Bible to speak to each one of us differently. Isn't that awesome? That's what He does. If you've never experienced that, seriously, I think it's because you haven't read the Bible. (laughs) Because it happens. I can't tell you how many times I've been going through a struggle or even a good time in my life and something jumps off the page of the Bible in such a specific way, it's almost creepy. (laughs) Yeah? Because you know it was written thousands of years ago and it's like, bam, this is is what I needed. Just yesterday, you're going to think I made this up because it's one of those creepy things. Just yesterday morning, I was facing, I told some of the folks about it earlier, Debbie and I were doing our final packing for Poland. We're leaving to Poland mid-January. And uh, we were going to use a company that we're going to take all our bags from door to door. Awesome. But we found out we can't use them, so now we have to carry these bags ourselves. So we had to whittle everything we own down to seven suitcases, and about four boxes are going to Mom's house. Thanks, Mom. She didn't know that until just now. No, she, she didn't. But, uh, and that's it. Everything else we're selling. And so, we're, you know, you got a lot of sentimental stuff, you know, that you've had. Debbie's picking out, those are my booties that my mom, throw them away. <laughs> no, not really, almost. But, uh, you know, you're going through sentimental stuff, and you're going through stuff that's expensive, and you're going to sell it at an estate sale for, you know, 50 cents. You know, and it kind of gets to you. And we're trying to whittle it down into seven bags, man. And we just get it in there, and, but God, there's so much stuff. And, man, I was thinking about doing this and, and in my quiet time. Yesterday morning, you, I promise you're going to think that I'm making this up, but it's not true. I'm reading the message, which is a paraphrase of the Bible. And this passage just jumped off the page of me so much that I almost threw the book out of my lap, man. It was like, whoa, that's creepy. Check out what it said in Hebrews. It, oh, no, it, yeah, in Hebrews. It, no, where am I? Where am I? Is it even up here? It's Yeah, there it is in Hebrew. I knew it was in there. In chapter 5, verse 5, it says, With God, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers, which is exactly what we were doing yesterday, to hold everything God generously pours into our life through the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? Uh, You're going to think I'm making that up. I'm not. I'm just not that righteous to come up with this stuff. It just happens if you're in God's Word every day. Stuff like that jumps off the page. 
Now, if you go and you read God's Word and you go, okay, I've got to read Bible, set my watch, five minutes, okay, good, done my duty. No, but if you sit down with the Bible and say, God, I've got about five minutes, if you can just give me a word this morning. God wants to give you something that morning. And if you come with an eager heart, an anticipating heart, God will give you that stuff. The Bible is relevant source of help. But if we don't take time to read it, we're not going to find that relevancy. The stuff we're going through our lives, it'd be like leaving a love letter unopened on the shelf. You know, when we spend time reading God's love letter to us, you'll find it's got exactly what you need, no matter how diverse, no matter what's going on in your life. The Bible, here, Debbie, try to keep up. This is going to go quick, okay? The Bible provides this. Child-rearing advice. you got kids, you know, it's in there in the Bible. Inner peace in uncertain times. Emotional comfort when you're in sorrow. A purpose for living bigger than yourself. You know, is this all there is? It gives you relational insights with friends, with marriage, with family. It gives you occupational guidance. I just don't know if this is the direction I should go or not. If you struggle with anger, it can give you anger management tips. It's in there. If you need to gain favor with your boss, it'll help you, uh, tell you how to help have your boss like you better. You know, it helps you age gracefully rather than, oh man, I'm getting old and it stinks. You know, it'll help you how to stay young at heart, no matter how old you are. It'll give you joy in the midst of chronic pain, day after day after day. It'll help you know how to defeat an addiction, whatever kind of addiction it is. It offers financial consultation. It even gives you ways to improve your love life. Oh, yeah, okay, some of you guys are perking up now. Everything we need is in the Bible. It's in there. We've just got to open it up every day to avail ourselves of its relevancy. Second Timothy says this. Read those first two words with me. Ready, go. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. That's relevant. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. The Bible is always relevant in our lives, but we've got to read it. So don't let an excuse that it's not relevant to my life keep you from reading it. That's just a silly excuse. And finally, I saved the best for last. The number one reason most people don't read the Bible, we haven't talked about it yet, save the best for last. Any, any guesses what it is? It's time. It's time. Number four is, we, I can't. Come on. I just don't have time. I've got things to do. I've got to get to work. I've got to shower. I've got to get up. It's time. And now this is a tough one because, honestly, we as American people, we're busy. I mean, there are like hundreds of channels on the television to watch. And, you know, you've got to get your money's worth, right? But we are busy people. <laughs> Shopping to do, jobs to kids to, you know, clean up, and husbands to bathe. Who knows what you got to do. But as a great evangelist, D.L. Moody, you might have heard of him before, he, he said this, as he said, he said, if you're too busy to read the Bible every day, <laughs> you're busier than Almighty God ever intended any human being should be. And you'd better let some things go and take time to read Bible. I think that's good advice. You know, finding time to read the Bible, it's a little bit like brushing your teeth. You know, don't take the analogy too far, right? But sometimes, you know, brushing your teeth is like, oh man, I got to do this every single day. And so you kind of give it up. 
right? You say, I just, I don't have time for this, you know, maybe you gargle instead and, and then spit it out and call it good, right? You can go without brushing your teeth for a long time. You don't you waste your money on toothpaste. You can lose all your toothbrushes, you know, even though they're good for cleaning the grout in the shower, you know, the old ones. But, you know, you don't have to spend money on all that until you go to the dentist because your tooth is <laughs> something's wrong. And he says, yeah, that's going to have to get yanked. And that's going to cost you several thousand dollars, by the way. And it's the tooth right here. You know? <laughs> you know, and all your plans about saving money with no toothpaste or toothbrush are out the window because now it's all of a sudden way costly. You know, and the, the dentist doesn't say, brush your teeth for three hours every day, right? <laughs> no, he says, do it every day. A little bit will do you. It's the same with reading the Bible. You know, and although it does take up your precious time to read the Bible. It does, even for five minutes. You know what I find really fascinating about reading the Bible? And this is kind of creepy, kind of weird, kind of fascinating to me too. When we take the time to be in God's Word every single day, you're going to think this is... God redeems the time. I don't know how that works, but I can vouch for its veracity. When I spend time in God's Word, not only does my day go better, but somehow it seems like there's more time in the day to do what God wants me to do. When I don't, somehow I come home at night and it's like, man, I, there's not enough hours in the day to get done what's going on. I don't know how that works. But somehow God redeems that time. Maybe that's part of what Jesus meant. Don't take this to the bank. But maybe in Matthew 11, when Jesus said this, he'd say, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Wait, that sounds like work. That sounds like time, Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Wait, learn. That sounds like school. That sounds like even more time. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And it sounds counterintuitive. I don't want any yoke. I don't want any burden. So I'm just going to leave that Bible on the shelf. But Jesus says, when you do, you'll find rest. I don't know how it works, but it does. If you don't believe me, try it. So we've looked at a bunch of excuses. So no more excuses, right? For the following 365 days in a year right? for the following 2018. We're going we're gonna to accept this New Year's challenge, right? Which is what? Say it, say it with me. Ready? Here we go. Read the Bible every day, 2018. Now, what's the best way to do this? Kent, if we're going to take you up on this challenge, and hopefully it's the Lord's challenge, not just my challenge, what's the best way? Well, I find that a Bible reading plan helps me. You might not like a Bible reading plan. Some people, it, it doesn't work for them. They find it too restrictive, too confining. But I, I personally like it. And I've used many different Bible reading plans. And basically a Bible reading plan is you read what the little plan says that day and then you check it off. And the next day you, you read that part and you check off the next day and you can kind of see your progress. Some people don't like that. Some people want to just let the Spirit lead them to wherever and that's totally cool. It's not like there's a special section in heaven 
where all the people who used Bible reading plans have their homes, right? And there's lots of desks and reading lamps, <laughs> you know. And then there's another section over here for the people who don't use Bible reading plans and there's just flowers and lollipops and cotton candy. You know, it's not like that. You know, the Bible reading plan, is, it's just a tool. It's just an instrument. But I did find a Bible reading plan uh, this year that I particularly liked and I liked it so much that I made you guys a copy. So you can look in your bulletin and it's in there. And uh, it's called the 5x5x5 five by five by five reading plan, which sounds like, oh man, that sounds like a lot of work. But bear with me, okay? The 5x5x5, five by five by five, it gives you a little explanation. Five minutes a day. Come on. We can talk to someone who really loves us for five minutes a day. God's love letter. I can spend five minutes a day. That's the first five. Five days a week. Every guy has got five days a week. I can pull that off, okay? And it even gives you a couple days off. We'll talk about that in a second. And five ways to go deeper. Here's some things that besides the reading, if you want to, they're kind of optional. You can ask yourself about those five things, okay? And you can read that. And it's folded. It's nice. You put it inside your Bible and you open it up. So here we go. You open it up inside January 1st. You start off with Mark 1. There's Mark 1, chapter 1. That's Mark. Right underneath the Mark, there's a 1. That's January 1. And then over on the right side, it's chapter 1. You read one chapter. It'll take you about five minutes, probably a little less, depending on how fast you read. And then when you finish, you take your little pencil, your little pen. There's a pen right in front of you. It's free. You can take it home. No excuse. Yeah, I would have done the plan, but I didn't have the pen. It's right in front of you, in the pocket pew, right? And you check off that little box, chapter 1. And the next day, January 2nd, you read Mark chapter 2 and da-da-da. And then look, you get to January 6th, reflection. What's that? That's, that's, you go back to what you read before, and you kind of look over what you read before. Skim over it, peruse over it. Look at the part that maybe you highlighted and said, ooh, man, that jumped off the page, like that creepy verse that the pastor shared with us. You know, that was cool, and you remember that, and you reflect. It's also the time that you can catch up on the days that you didn't read, yeah, which is kind of cool. Although that'll make baby Jesus cry. So don't do that. You know, skip days in special section. I'm just kidding, okay? It gives you some license there during the week. All right? So it's, it's and it, you, by the time you get to the end of the year, all the way to, to the end of uh, December, you'll have read through the entire New Testament in about five minutes a day. And you say, Kent, I can, I can read more than one chapter a day. Awesome! Follow the plan. If you think I got more time today, read something in the Old Testament. Go to Habakkuk. <laughs> you know, read something crazy. Go to, to yeah, Ezekiel. The wheel in the wheel. And yeah, there's crazy. Yeah, those who know Ezekiel, you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, read something else. And uh, just don't be bound by this. It's just a suggestion. Some of you, you might say, oh, I don't like this. This is like, you know, it's too legalistic. If I don't get a box checked, I feel guilty. I can't go to sleep at night. Good. Get up, read one chapter, then go back to sleep. But it'll just help you. A little personal accountability to help you get through God's Word. And it's not to make you more righteous. It's, it's not to get a merit badge for reading through the New Testament in a year. It's to hear God's love for us. That's what this does for us. So if you've struggled in the past with being in God's Word every day, I'd just encourage you, maybe just check this out. Maybe give it a try for a week or two. Yeah? You'll be surprised if you try something for just one month, how it becomes a habit. That's what they say. If you do something for 21 days, now it's a habit. So I'm just giving this, it's my New Year's gift to you. Right? Try this out. See if you don't enjoy it. And you can just go crazy with it. Use some of those suggestions on the page. 
don't use them, it's okay. But be in God's Word every day of 2018. Would you commit with me to do that right now through prayer? Let's go to the Lord. Father God, I pray this morning that no one in here, God, would receive any condemnation, would let the enemy try to beat them up right now, saying, you've never done this before. You're not as good a Christian as those other people. I pray, God, nobody in here would receive any kind of guilt. Oh, I'm too busy. I'm not a very good reader. I can't do this in 2018. I pray, Father, that all those lies, all those excuses would be purged from our hearts, our souls, our minds right now. And that we would allow Your Word, which is alive and active, God, to speak this truth to us this morning, that Your Word is Your voice, God. It's You speaking to us. It's alive, inspired by the Spirit. I pray we would believe that truth. Part of that love letter that You've written to us that tells us this is how much I love You. I love You so much that I sent my only Son to die for You. And whoever believes in Him and accepts His free gift of forgiveness will be called a child of God for all of eternity and will spend all of eternity in paradise with our Savior. God, I pray this morning that we would believe what Your love letter says to us. That that we would delight in Your Word. That it wouldn't become burdensome to us. I pray, Father, that we wouldn't go away this morning feeling beat up, feeling like the teacher just gave us an assignment over Christmas vacation that we have to achieve to make a grade with it. God, I pray that we would see this as an opportunity to hear from the Creator of the universe who loves us so much, to hear fresh new insights, to hear comfort when we're despondent, to hear guidance, Father, from You when we're uncertain, to hear wisdom from You when we need to make a tough decision. To hear advice from You when we're not sure what to do. God, Your Word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it so desires to pierce into our very being and share with us Your love for us. I pray, God, that we would receive that this morning. And anything in our mind, anything in our life that is resisting Your love for us, time in the Word with you every day. I pray we would just shatter that thought. Just get rid of it. Just throw it out with the garbage, with last year's trash. And I pray we'd receive a new year of 2018 with our Heavenly Father speaking His love into our lives every single day. God, I pray that we would do that as individuals, as a church, and as a people, Your children. We love you, God. Thank you for your word. We love your word. We love your love letter to us. We love you back, God. And pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.